Hey there, Taptralians. How you doing? You doing all right? I hope you're doing all right. I'm doing all right. That sounded very Mark Maroney of me. Eh, I could do worse. <laughs> anyway, uh, this go around, got a special treat for you. I'm having someone back for the second time for the first time. Today I'm bringing you Frank Trossett. We talked a couple years ago. Frank, of course, is of Aslan Brewery. And uh, we talked a lot about what's going on right now and what is going to be going on in the future. And I won't waste any more of your time. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Frank Trossett. Know, it's impossible. Um, let's start talking about yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get this. down to the brass tacks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all. You know, we're not going to change the world here. No, by, we're by not drinking beer. I mean, nope. I try. Oh God, I try. I mean, by, yeah. to change the world by drinking beer. Kolsch but. would be a great beer to, to do it with. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on to the Vienna Lager after yeah. this. Um, well, Frank, thanks <clears> for thanks for coming in this uh, in this time of crisis. Absolutely, uh, to come back. You're the first person that uh, that's been back for round two. So. Wow. So thanks for I'm honored. Thanks for doing that. Honestly, things are things are challenging for businesses right now. I mean, we were just talking about how you know it's really hard for businesses to do stuff. But Aslan is a restaurant as well as a brewery, yeah. um, and you guys have quite quite the reach. And you know, restaurants are just getting <clears throat> slapped all over right now. How how is Aslan facing that? Like, what what how what are you guys doing to? try and keep the customers coming in and keep them happy and satisfied? Well, in in the beginning, obviously, we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, no one was allowed in. And I, I'll specifically remember this day where um, Jay Inslee hadn't yet uh, shut everything down in Washington, but there was this divide that was starting to open up, open up in society where people were feeling really strongly that um, the United States wasn't taking uh, COVID-19 seriously enough. And there was an email thread that went around at work and uh, some people were really angry about having to come to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dang- I mean, it's hard when you're on the front lines like that. Yeah, and I think... Um, you know, obviously, everyone's always going to have a u- their own individual unique opinion, mm-hmm. um, and that develops at different rates and at different periods of time. And so, certain people were very adamant early on that uh, Aslan should have shut down before um, it was forced to. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was definitely part of. A vocal voice saying that you know I felt at that time that that was you know unnecessary, um, and that's just because I knew how much revenue was generated for the company by all those people coming into that restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at this, uh, you know, tidal wave looming on the horizon. Right. Yeah. And it's like, let us gather as much financial you know resources as we can until yeah. that happens. So I think, you know, for certain employees at that time, that was, you know, you see things on a certain level and not to say that they weren't right. Ultimately, they they were, you know, like things should have shut down a long time ago. Yeah, but so. I mean, at that point, especially as a business owner, you're trusting, you're, you're trying to, this balance between trusting 
science and trusting leadership. And by leadership, I don't mean like you as the leader of a company, but like right. governor, you know, right. You know, <laughs> president. Yeah, where, where is some <laughs> sort of directive, you know, right. That's unified. Yeah. And I, I don't think we've still, we still haven't necessarily received that. We don't have but, leadership right now. <laughs> no. But, and that's, what's kind of, um, drawing things out, I think mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I guess it kind of started there where it's like <clears throat> you're already seeing that it's going to be difficult to get uh, staff to come to work mm -hmm. um, because people feel morally like that's the wrong thing to do. As a business owner, you're trying to, like, the only way that you can keep your boat afloat is by having people work and also having people come in and mm -hmm. pay for the services that you're providing. So it's been a, a really challenging struggle because it's, you know, it's just these constant waves you're dealing with when, you know, this is, yeah, I, f I feel like it's been going on for so long now. I can't even really remember all I, of the different I things know, that yeah. have happened. And, and restaurants and, and breweries as well are, are kind of in a unique... I mean, any food-related factory business, you know, what people don't realize is you buy things far in advance, especially as, as a brewery. You know, you've got you know, thousands of pounds of grain yep. and hundreds of pounds of hops, and, uh, and yeast is a living thing. You know, breweries, bakeries, um, you know, it's especially hard for them. And then you put the food in there as well, and you've got all this food that you're expecting to recoup your money like two to three times you yeah. know, that. And if it's just all going to go to waste, it's, it's a hard to, you know, like what's, where's, yeah, where where's do you the draw balance? that line? Where do you draw that line? And it's it, hard. And especially when the information was very scant. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, we kind of started and stopped a couple times. Um, we were doing food service to go and then we weren't. And then we were again. Um, so that like starting and stopping process, I think was frustrating for not only the customer, but also the staff and management as well. Cause it's like you gear up to get food service going. And then I think we did that for like two weeks in the beginning. <clears throat> and then there were some concerns about worker safety. So that stopped. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's kind of like what you just said. You have this inventory of like uh, ready to process food mm -hmm. into final presentation. Yeah. Should we get rid of all of our inventory and then stop? Or, you know, what? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we ended up, the staff ended up, I think we gave out like 30 whole salmons at one point. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it wasn't 30, but it was a lot. There yeah. was so much that there were leftover salmon, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're like giving uh, food items away that hadn't yet been processed into their final mm -hmm. presentation. Yeah. I mean, and there's, at least it all got to go to a good home. Oh, know. yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it certainly didn't get wasted. Um, yeah. But I think the point that we're getting to is that it was, it's been this constant kind of pivoting. Mm -hmm. Like you pivot 180 and then you have to pivot again and then you yeah. So 
finally were back around and, and uh, opened back up. And um, one of the things that I think has really helped uh, us kind of stay afloat is that we had the depot right down the street. So um, because we need to keep people uh, spatially distant mm -hmm. uh, within the, the confines of the restaurant, um, obviously that limits the number of people that you can have in there at any min uh, you know minute, mm -hmm. hour, whatever. Right. So having the depot right down the street, which was it was it was always kind of like interesting that we decided to open up a second spot with within a block and a half of the the current spot, you know. Yeah. But in but this case, it ended up vibe. working out. Yeah, it's got its own vibe. Yeah. And, and now. So just to clarify for, um, for people listening and myself, because I, I will confess I don't know, uh, I've gotten to-go stuff, you know, pick up stuff from, from Aslan, but that's it. Right. Is, is the depot open right now? So the depot is open. Okay. Um, it has the same hours as, as the restaurant. Which is, what, what are those right now? I think it's noon, noon Right to now being, uh, what is today, June Today's 21st? July 21st. July, yeah. No. July, July 20th. 20th. No, 21st. <laughs> Today is July 21st. Today's Tuesday. How about <laughs> it's that? Tuesday. <laughs> In the universe somewhere. Yeah. Floating through space. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tuesday, July 21st. And I'm almost positive the hours are t noon to 8 okay. at both spots. So if you go, to, if you show up to the restaurant, the brew pub, mm -hmm. and there isn't enough seating, uh, you're offered to go sit at the depot and they'll bring your food down to you. Oh, wow. So essentially we've been able to nice like summertime be, perk. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's really helped the depot be busier. Sure. Um, it was always kind of, it was busy for events, but not yeah. generally busy otherwise. Yeah. Um, I, I love the depot. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't get out much, um, especially now, but, yeah. um, but even then, you know, like if it was like, okay, I'm going to go to Aslan. Am I going to eat? No. Then I'm going to go to the Debo. Because yeah. I know they'll have quirky beers down there. And there's yeah. always some beer nerd there that I know that I can talk to, even if it's the bartender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely, I think that was um, the intention of that space was to create a bar where people could go and nerd out on beer. Yeah. Um, but now you can go and eat the food that Aslan, uh, the brew pub, is known for yeah so well. can you so. go in there before going up up the street and say yep. i'd like to eat yeah okay yep until further notice so they'll uh <laughs> they'll actually the pos systems at each spot talk to each other okay so they'll order it and then the kitchen just knows that it's coming from the depot nice. so it gets uh boxed up in those like you know how when you get pizza delivered it's like this Soft-sided, like cooler. Oh yeah, but mm -hmm. for, it's not for yep. keeping things cool. Yep. It's for I delivered pizzas for a while. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of my favorite jobs in high school. <laughs> you know, you're talking about having multiple spaces. You guys just recently opened the tap room in Seattle. Yeah. Um, ultimately, crummy timing, but who knew? How? Uh, wh what's going on with that right now? Like, is it so open as well? Or? Yeah, I'd, I think we all know that King County is uh, dealing with more stringent policy than than we are up here. So yeah, um, their opening was delayed, and and you can go in there and have a beer, 
-hmm. It's already such a small space. The capacity is 69 people. So if you're at 50%, but like, I think you have to keep people six feet apart. Mm -hmm. Plus they can't sit at the bar. So the bar was like 10. So I, I, at this point, I'd literally think you can probably only get like people maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if they're in groups of five, right. You know, but if they show up and you have space, you have, you're letting them in to have a beer. So like you could have as few as four people in there and be maxed out. Right. Or as many as maybe 20. So it still sell, yeah. it still sells plenty of beer, yeah. and we started selling beer at the Ballard uh, Farmers Market, mm, okay. which is for to-go beer has been a bit of a windfall. Nice, um, but in terms of like these days, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's doing well. That's good because I thought that I had last I heard, and you know this is it's always shifting, but that it was you know open and then closed. Yeah, yeah. When so. it first opened, we were doing great. Um, that spot was selling, you know, just under the barrels of beer per week that the uh, flagship spot was selling. Wow, that's um, that's impressive. With way less overhead. So yeah, yeah, way less. Yeah. So yeah, it, someday it, I'll make it down there. Yeah, it's a cool it. spot. Someday it, I'll go back to Seattle. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> when it's safe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's a woman, uh, Madison, that runs it, and she's done a phenomenal job um, having to manage things in today's climate is very difficult. And Managing the public job. right now is can be challenging. Yeah. It can be challenging. Yeah, so they're doing well. I think Aslan as a whole is, you know, is, is, uh, is doing just fine well just fine is in the definitely big, an in the bigger picture but yeah. is is not in risk of yeah well that's good because i remember i think it was chris mcclanahan who told me about an article that he read <laughs> where they were talking to jack okay and this was at the very beginning of it, and Jack was talking about having to buy $100,000 worth of cans in order to really ramp up the canning aspect of things mm-hmm. in a time where the future was wildly uncertain, like more uncertain, more uncertain then than it is, is now, now. Yeah. and how it was the scariest thing that he'd ever done. You know, basically... You know, saying that this will either work or we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you well, remember that? Say, were you privy to that? Well, I, I, you know, personally never see the invoices for uh, the orders that come from Crown. Hmm. Typically, we order 25 pallets of cans at a time. I don't know if one order equals 100,000. But yeah, I mean, I think probably the point that Jack was trying to make was that there was a huge investment uh, that was going into um, our efforts to pivot our entire business into putting all of our beer into cans. And would you even have a place to sell it? Like nobody knew at that point. Would you even be able to go to grocery store? You know? Yeah. Well, (laughs) in the very beginning, I mean, this was in the. I, I I recall it as being in the very like 
week one or week two, yeah. you know? Yeah, at that time, it was so hard to tell. But once things started rolling, we realized pretty quickly that, and grocery stores realized really quickly. I mean, people that were drinking casually by going out to a brewery or to a bar or even eat, drinking while they were out having food mm -hmm. couldn't do that anymore. And they still wanted to drink, so they had to buy it to go. Mm -hmm. And the grocery store was the only thing that was open. So grocery stores were buying beer in cans and bottles in record numbers. Mm -hmm. So um, that created a whole another issue in the market with lead times for getting uh, aluminum cans and mm -hmm. cans, yeah. it's hard case now. trays, all that. So. Yeah, there's a can shortage for sure. Yeah. Um, you need a refill on beer? Sure. I can go, uh, yeah. go do that really quick. All right. All right, back to it. All right, yeah. back to business here. So let's talk about the future of Aslan, uh, you know, because things are pretty crazy right now, mm -hmm. and uh, things are happening, things are evolving, and I think a lot of people will be surprised to learn that you will not be a part of it. So talk a bit about that decision and what the future holds for you or what you hope the future holds for you yeah. in these uncertain times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying to plan for the future right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not an envious position to be in. Not so great. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, as you know, um, I'm, uh, I've decided to move on from being the head brewer uh, at Aslan, um, you know, which really took a lot of, I mean, it's taken a lot of thought and time sure. to kind of get to that moment. Yeah. Um, well, like we were talking about before we started recording when we were in the sun, cause it's like 80 yeah. degrees outside right now. We're in the shade. <laughs> Thank um, God. You know, I was talking about your, your whole, um, trajectory, how you were like, I want to have a brewery. I'm going to learn how to make beer. I'm going to do it with Jack yeah. and then now we're going to open the brewery and then, you know, and yeah. now we're successful and now we're super successful. And so it's, I mean, like when I think of Aslan Brewing, it's you and Jack, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I mean, not that it's your whole life, but oh, it, you, it are, has you been are, my whole you life are the face years. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, yes, I'm, I mean, I only bring that up to say that I can only imagine the mental gymnastics that must have gone into making the decision. Yeah, it took a lot of time, you know, I mean, I think it's something that I've kind of honestly batted around for six years. Wow. In reality. Um, not seriously, but, you right, know, right, in, right. in moments of frustration, you're sure. like, ah, why am I doing this, you know? Um, it's like being on a long solo hike, you know, you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> this was supposed to be a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so funny when I when I first got into when I first decided that I was going to try to get into brewing beer, I saw it as like a more chill job than doing construction. <laughs> right, right. And in some ways it is, but cuz there's beer, but uh it's a factory it's job. It's definitely not chill. <laughs> no. So, no, it yeah, it's it's taken um it's taken a long time to kind of get to that moment and I think for me that moment of realization is when you feel comfortable with your contribution and what you've accomplished, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, for anyone that has watched Aslan go from 
a hope and a dream in a garage to being the fifth brewery that opened in Bellingham to getting a ton of negative press to people drawing hard lines in the sand about how they felt about it to becoming a widely successful yeah, you uh, brewery in, in this part of the country. is uh, It's been an interesting road for sure and it's, it's one that along that ride uh, you're going to have the ups and downs, you know, mm -hmm. and of course when you're down you're like, oh man, fuck this. And right. Yeah. I, like I'm, <laughs> I can I'd go do something else, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but like the angel that's on your shoulder is telling you not yet, you know, because mm -hmm. um, you don't feel like you've given it everything that you told your business partner that you would. Mm -hmm. So Jack and I started this in, in my parents' basement eight years ago off Northwest Avenue. Mm -hmm. I still have the checkbook <laughs> that has Aslan's original bank account. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, but it's 28... Three Northwest Avenue, um, which is my parents' original house here mm -hmm. in Bellingham. In a way, it will always be my brewery to me. Yeah. I don't have to be the head brewer to sure. feel that way. You know? No, I mean, without you, it wouldn't, you know, without your participation, it wouldn't be. So it's, right. yeah, your DNA is in it for sure. Yeah, and that's not to say, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to see uh, how it changes now. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, it's, yeah, I'm sure it'll change for the better. Um, do you think it, do you think so? Yeah, I mean, I promoted uh, my longtime assistant, Austin, uh, to take my role. And, um, you know, we had kind of thought about, well, do we bring in somebody that has experience being a head brewer? Um, or do we promote from within? And the way that I've always ran the brewery is that I've always promoted people up mm -hmm. from, you know, the most entry position. That have put in the time. That have yeah. put in the time and the effort. And, and uh, literally, Austin is the only one that works in that brewery that's ever worked in another brewery. Mm -hmm. And they're all phenomenal at what they do. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll and that's just because, experience. Yeah, yeah. And so for me to leave, it, it provides upward mobility for all of those guys so, and girls. Uh, Lena um, works in, in the brewery as well, but yeah, it's you, you, on one hand it was really tough, you know. Sure. I'm so personally connected to that space. Um, I've created, I literally designed and built the brewery. Have created all the beer, the, you know, the flagship beers. Um, the whole lager program has been a baby of mine since we started doing mm -hmm. it. Um, and to hand that off to somebody else is kind of a difficult yeah. Yeah. thing yeah. Uh, to do. Brewers are control freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, a lot of it comes from a personal place. So it's like, I can't, yeah. you know, I can show you how to do it, but I don't know, like, I can't, I can't give you my, like, yeah. my passion. stoke and my passion. Yeah, you my know? passion That's not like something it. I can, yeah. like, remove from my body and give to you, but... Um, I'm confident that Austin will do a great job, and yeah. um, there's a phenomenal set of people there at this point that has made this possible. And it feels good, you know? I mean, eight years of, like, intense labor. Mm -hmm.
uh, to really kind of pull it yeah. into that place is, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a long time. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited to have the future be wide open. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, I want to, before we talk about your future, I want to, I want to touch on something that you just said. Mm -hmm. You were talking about how in the beginning there were, there were issues and you got a lot of negative press and you were saying how a lot of people, because Bellingham is, is fickle. I mean, mm -hmm. we can say that without too much controversy. Well, it's a small, um, small enough town. It's that, a small enough yeah. town, but you said that some people had made their decisions and they stuck to those decisions. Mm -hmm. Have you heard, like, do, do you think that that's true? Do you think some of those people that were like, ah, like Aslan, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not, you know, I heard bad things, I'm not going. Or do you think that people would drive by, because every time I drive or bike by, it's packed. <clears throat> I mean, under normal living conditions. Do you think that, that those people really did still just stay away? Do you think that there are people that have never been in or only went in that one time and have never come back? Or have you heard um, people say, you know, you guys are all right now. You know, or like <laughs> you guys pulled it together. Oh, I mean, well, I, what, what's your I, yeah. experience with that been? I'm just kind of curious. I mean, we yeah. talked, we touched on that the last time, what the, the whole, you know, we won't go into the whole issues that, that were there, but, right, right. but do you think that there is a contingent of people that have just never bothered to recheck you out? Oh, I'm sure there are. I don't specifically, I don't know that to be a fact. Yeah. Um, I was just curious if people had come up. I mean, I just know, conversations like... conversations with people. So, for example, um, I'm a huge sports fan. Mm -hmm. I love baseball. Um, and I absolutely hate the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. They play the same baseball that the Seattle Mariners do. Mm -hmm. Why do I hate them? <laughs> you know, it's like, and I'm, I'm, I don't want anyone to think that I'm uh, drawing that line that the that Aslan Brewing is the New York Yankees, but <laughs> but the point Are I'm trying Stein to make, Brenner? yeah, Are you? <laughs> yeah, no, thank God I'm not. But the point I'm trying to make is that, especially, you know, I, I know what it's like to be a, a craft beer fan, mm -hmm. and you draw an allegiance or allegiances with with certain breweries that you really connect with. And that's why it's possible to have so many breweries, even in this town. There's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like certain people are going to feel very passionately about one brewery, and then they're not going to like the other one just because they don't click with it. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think there's any brewery in this town at this time that makes terrible beer. No. You know, so it's not that like people don't like you because you make a bad product. Each place has its own vibe. Yeah. And that goes for a beer vibe as well as just a vibe. You know, like so many people will go back to a certain place because they love a certain server. You know, like oh, yeah, without house a person. doubt. You know, like people draw allegiances in, in, yeah. in ways that make sense to them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think, you know, Aslan can be polarizing because uh, it is a popular spot. Um, and we all love the underdog story, mm -hmm. and the popular spot is not. But I think that not, you are. Well, in, I think I, I think the success in that the beginning, you had, yes, absolutely. You know? I I I, uh, I don't think. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, 
if yeah, we're still considered underdogs. Yeah, it's kind of an unfair question because you're yeah. on the inside, you know. Like, yeah, my opinion mm -hmm. of it is is very different. Although I will say this, uh, when I decided that I didn't want to be the head brewer anymore, it made it so much easier for me to love all the other breweries. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to look at them like they're my competitors. Anymore. It is a business, so, and there are, the, yeah. you know, it is it is a competition. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, that's that was always one of my favorite things about the brewing industry is that everybody got along, and it's kind of something that I ask everybody. It's like, well, do you think, like, at what point do you think that that's going to stop happening? Of course, now yeah. the brewery explosion has come to a crashing halt and has everything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, the just, Bellingham brewing community used to be way tighter, and I don't think it's that anyone doesn't get along with each other at this point in time. Yeah. Um, it's just even even when own. I was the head brewer, it didn't mean that I didn't have a ton of respect for sure. all of my competitors. Oh, yeah, it was just like, you know, when they would do, when, you know, X or Y brewery would like do something that made you jealous, you couldn't like be stoked, mm -hmm. you know? Cause you're like, damn. Right. They beat me to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I know that everyone else would probably agree with me in that statement. But the thing that, the point that I'm trying to make is that when you remove yourself from that, then you don't have those inherent biases mm -hmm. that just come along with like, even if you aren't like financially vested in a brewery, you still are like gung ho about the brewery that you work for. Mm -hmm. Unless course. unless you absolutely you have to be one job, of its bigger cheer, biggest cheerleaders. That's yeah. part of your job description. Yeah. <laughs> so I think at this point in time, like I think everyone has respect for each other and people you know like i was over at other lands the other night and ran into like five other brewers mm -hmm. and it was it's great everyone talks to each other and like is very um excited to like be mm -hmm. in each other's presence yeah when uh brian cardwell left uh chuckanut to go work for freem that was the moment for me and i think a lot of people would also agree with this that things changed in the dynamic of the brewing community. Mm -hmm. Brian is such a, um, he had a ton of, like everyone respected him for one, and two, um, he just has that gregarious. Well, he's just, yeah, um, he's, he's a lovable goofball, Yeah, but one of the smartest lovable goofballs you'll know. Yeah, going back to being in Otherlands, I was there on, on opening day and we had, I'd already had the, our, my interview with these, with them before, a couple weeks before they opened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they were just talking about how super helpful, like everybody at Twin Sisters was and everybody at, at, um, um, Home Skillet was, you know, they're like, they, he brought us dessert today. Oh, you know, like great. Kirby's fucking amazing. And, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, so, I was in there, you know, the moment they opened and, uh, and like the whole crew from, from Twin Sisters was in there. Oh, great. And, uh, I only stayed for an hour or two because I had just been a couple days before for a soft opening and, you know, considering tables are yeah. few and far between, you know, it was like somebody, you know, like. Let somebody else I, experience it. Yeah, let somebody it. else experience it. And, uh, so I left and, uh, but I'm sure that, that other people. Uh, came in, but it was definitely there was a line out the door. So yeah, was, yeah, I great. stopped by uh, 
later in the evening, maybe around seven or eight on their mm -hmm. opening day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I just saw you there the other day. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, there for no, the, for the uh, uh, I, Polish lager. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Made by grandma. If I was sticking around in Bellingham, well, I might come back. I don't know. We'll see. But um, uh, if I was sticking around, I that that would be a spot that I would go to a lot. Yeah, I love that it's practically crawling distance from my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, you can wobble on your bike. Yeah, yeah. A little, little swervy, but, yeah. but or you can ride your it... bike there and then push it back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I may or may not have uh, not in the recent. Yeah. times but uh over over the years i may or may not have, <laughs> have done that so now that your future is wide open uh what are you looking to accomplish as a brewer now that you have aslan under your belt and yeah who knows what man what next? i know um it's exciting times for sure uh, it is and it's challenging times for sure as well yeah it's not the easiest time to be relocating um i'm ready to i love bellingham and as long as uh my girlfriend ellie and i are together we'll have a wonderful house in this town um to come back to and what's that address i mean you already gave up your parents address so. <laughs> that address you'll you'll need to pay me a little bit more to do this podcast to get that. Uh, another few yeah. beers i'll get it out of you yeah at this point uh my thought process is that you know, my entire experience as a brewer has been, for better or for worse, being my own boss. Mm -hmm. So I only know my perspective. Um, and rather than jumping in to uh, starting my own brewery, I really want to um, work for at least another brewery mm -hmm. um, to see their process. Uh, for one, to challenge myself uh, in my thought process, um, to gain knowledge, um, and two, just to see if I'm, you know, able to learn something new. And I'm sure I will, regardless, sure. you know. Yeah. But yeah, right now I'm applying for jobs in Europe, uh, hoping that I can get a job there, at, like that some brewery will see that, that the effort uh, that it will take on their part to sponsor me on a work visa to go over there yeah. uh, will be worth it. Um, I absolutely love Europe. Uh, my girlfriend Ellie uh, loves it as well. So, what's wrong with America? <laughs> I, Don't answer that. That could be like Don't a weekly that. podcast series. Just keep going. <laughs> Why do you hate freedom? <clears throat> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> I plead the fifth on that question. <laughs> I'm just going to drink my beer. Mm -hmm. This delicious Vienna lager. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Dream of Salzburg. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Or Vienna. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think at this point in time, my, my absolute goal is to go work in Europe for a year or two or more if I decide to get over. I mean, it's so hard to plan, like, Oh, yeah. the future, and I'm not really That's one of those wide, people. You're wide, it's wide open. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this for this long, and then I'm going to do that. If the plan doesn't go according to what you laid out ahead of time, then I think it starts to become a disappointment. So, uh, I don't wouldn't want to set myself up for that, right? You know, but the general idea would be to go work uh, in Europe or at a lager only brewery in the United States for the next 
short period of time and then figure out where I want to live mm -hmm. and then start my own spot. Yeah. Nice. So you want to do this again? I yeah. Didn't learn. Yeah. Didn't learn your I'm lesson. I'm a masochist, I guess. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal, though, is to is to do your own thing again. You think? Yeah, on a on a very different scale. <laughs> Smaller <laughs> is better. Yeah, I'm I'm a control freak, and I think, you know, part of over time, I realized that like, it was becoming impossible to really do what I wanted to do within the confines of what Aslan had become. Mm -hmm. And that was no fault of anyone there. It was just, you know, a, a brewery of that size, like you can't. It's a byproduct of growth. Yeah. You know, and success. Yeah, but it also kind of like got me to that point where I'm like, okay, I'm not happy working okay. in this program. Now anymore. I know what I don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a part of like production brewing that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And even within that, I was still able to like accomplish certain what I would call artistic needs. Mm -hmm. But well, the beer list at Aslan was always super impressive. Like every time I walked in, I'm like, damn. Like it, I mean, I always flashed to yeast management. Like <laughs> like how right. like that's a lot of different yeasts. Yeah. On a big scale. Like I would love to go work at a brewery that just makes one beer. <laughs> I'm not even joking when I say that. No, I know, but be careful what you wish for. Like, I yeah. mean, my days at Boundary are by and large defined by the Scotch Ale. Like, I made that beer. <laughs> there was a point in my life where I could have been dead asleep and, and made, made that, that beer. And made that beer to yeah. spec every yeah. time. Yeah. So that's why I'm putting a time frame on things. <laughs> but I think there is like that, you know, um, that mentality of, of uh, searching for excellence by creating one thing, like we were talking about the Kolsch that uh, you brew here, um, over and over and over again. And in your case, you're able to like get away from maybe some of the negative side effects of that by brewing other things on mm -hmm. the side. Yeah. If you have 20 beers on the tap list, uh, which is often the case, mm -hmm. At Aslan, at least, um, it's hard to like make sure that all those are perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I deeply respect any brewery that's able to accomplish that. Yeah. Um, but if you have one beer that you can perfect, I think you can take that knowledge, especially you're talking yeast management, repetition, and like you know, yeast is a living organism so it loves repetition just as much as the rest yeah. of us you and have you to make get... it happy in order for you to be happy with it <laughs> yeah well yeah exactly you have to make it happy before you can be happy exactly yeah. <laughs> which is i think overlooked sometimes I, uh, but yeah <laughs> um but yeah that is something i'm looking for like i would go do that i guess is what i'm saying yeah um so yeah, we'll see. I, I think you know. Right now, I'm just putting the feelers out there. If it was a normal time, uh, I would probably try to take some time, you know, as a buffer period, just go knock off for a little while and travel, or mm -hmm. or just sit by a pool for <laughs> a month or two. You yeah, know? nothing wrong with um, that. So uh, let's take a quick break, get a refill. We'll come back and we'll kind of do like a, a revised version of the rapid fire questions since you've you've okay. already done them once yeah we'll, yeah we'll see if any of your answers have changed and we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll change some up as right, well. okay cool all 
right, we're back. Nice. Ta-da! So let's talk beer. I've asked you this before, uh, since again you're the my my first second uh, <laughs> second attendee, uh, return return guest. Um, but what the hell? We'll revisit some of them anyway. I'll be able to brag to Eric Jorgensen about this. So <laughs> thanks thanks for giving me that go. tip. Do you remember the first beer that you ever had? And it, and it, you are again you already the, the, answered the this. Very first beer I've ever. Very first beer. That got me excited about brewing beer, or just like the first. Sure, beer? yeah. I mean that. Okay. Let's 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 say that. That would be uh, Widmere's Drifter Pale Ale, which they don't make anymore. But I'm 99% sure that's what you answered the last time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember okay. Drifter. Good. Yeah. If there was a lie detector test here, I think I would pass that <laughs> that's one. That's right. What what is a lie these days? I mean, come I on. Know. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any of these changed. What's your favorite beer to brew? <laughs> I'm trying to think what I would have said back then. Um, I don't remember. What, like I said, I didn't go back and listen. So My favorite beer to brew. Well, I don't know. Wort production Especially is, now. Like, yeah. like, I guess what will be your favorite beer to brew? Like once, once you don't have to worry about Aslan beers anymore. Like oh, if right? you were to homebrew tomorrow, what would you make? Kolscher uh, House. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. What's your favorite beer to drink? It would be the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I know, me too. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm interested to see if you remember what you said. What's your guilty pleasure drink? Guilty pleasure? Oh, this one's going to change. I think I remember what you m mentioned. But I, I would love to know. To what that was. When did we do that? Was that two years ago? <laughs> Time, man. A I year? don't remember last week. Yeah. What are you talking about? I know. I'm over 50. <laughs> Sorry. Right. <laughs> did we do that before? I don't even remember. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we answered. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember what my answer was then. I think I do, so I'm interested. Uh, now it's bourbon. Okay, yeah. Oh. Which I don't think it was then. Fuck, you had a bourbon. Yeah. I think it was white wine or... Uh, oh, okay. I think it was Chardonnay, but I can't, I can't swear to that. Maybe I'll try and find that clip and put that in here as well. <laughs> can you edit that part out? <laughs> oh, of course I'm I can, yeah. <laughs> On the old one. It's already right. aired. So, so you, are the, you are the person to ask this question because um, I... Definitely have an opinion on this. <laughs> Köln or Dusseldorf? Oh man! Or let me let me rephrase that. Cologne or Dusseldorf? No, I like I like how you said it the first time. Yeah. Um, I would say Köln. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. As far as definitely for beer and the cathedral is awesome. Um, Dusseldorf was like. Dusseldorf is cool. Like alt beer is, you know, enjoyable. I did, but like it. it's not as good like it. as Kolsch. It's not as good as Kolsch. Yeah. I was, I was sad at as to how disappointed I was with alt beer. I thought that I would really like it, knowing that it was, you know, like I was just thinking of it more like British mild, you know. Yeah. And um, it's got way more sharpness i think it's got way more sharpness and it's got a way more crystally quality yep. to it which i'm not a fan of and i just remember i liked dusseldorf itself like the yeah, town the, the was town fine like hanging nice. out by the hanging out on the river it was a fun town to walk around but i did not like the beer like i yeah. remember my immediate thought on my first sip of alt was like i wish i was in cologne yeah. I wish I was still in Cologne. And 
the things that I think of, we were on the move that whole trip, like no more than two days in one spot over a two week period. Mm -hmm. And, and the highlights were Florinville and Orval and, Oh, you went to, uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I stayed in Florinville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think we stayed at the same place that you probably did. Yep. Um, yeah, there's like one place to stay at. Yeah, the one nice place. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and I'd been there before, but 20 years ago, and and it was essentially the same. You know, I mean, but that and Cologne, like, I could just, I could live in Cologne. Yeah. And just be happy as a clam yeah. with the people, the town, the beer. I mean, <laughs> let's, so can we just have like a beer culture like that in the United States where you can just sit down at a spot and they literally only serve one beer? Yeah. As long as you only And we're have, not talking about Budweiser. We're not yeah. serving Bud As Light. long as you only have two choices politically, no, that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to change that first. <laughs> yeah. All right, so by the time we're dead, maybe. But yeah, um, yeah. But I Cologne. just love how you can sit down and yeah. You know, I want to go to Cologne with you, and I want to go through all those Kolsch houses again, and I just be like, to, man. "Fuck yeah!" Just sit there, and the coaster. I'm just gonna keep the coaster on the table. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We I, have, I guess if we going, brought back some of the coasters that we use in in the house right now, yeah. have the you know. all the marks on them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I do too. It's just uh. the only frustrating thing is that when you get such a small serving and you you it's like the first Kolsch of the day that you yeah that you drink. You literally can drink it gulp. in like one gulp. Yeah, but it's fun. It's a great way to experience that beer. The real experience of Kolsch is in you know. It's the experience. It's the, the whole experience. The glass. Yeah. 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 So. Agreed. Uh, so to get back on track, and we'll, yep. we'll finish this up so that we can live our lives um, <laughs> such as they are right now. Um, do you have a favorite brewery? Um, locally or just any eh, brewery? Any brewery. Oh, man. We're in a global economy these days. So. I know. Um, I don't think so. I <laughs> That's a good answer, yeah. I I have like Le I'll say leanings. The, yeah, I have, <laughs> I have leanings like I have breweries that I don't like and I won't say those and none of them are local, but um I just I think for me it's like I have a lot of respect for the breweries that hold restraint to doing some of the dumb shit that the craft beer movement like invokes like mm -hmm. glitter IPA i was gonna or... say glitter beer <laughs> that's exactly where i was going yeah like glitter beer like fuck it's you like, oh man yeah. no that's a hard pass yeah. um i yeah i don't know i don't i don't want to i'm not gonna talk shit it's sure. it's yeah. easy to and i'll refrain yeah, no, myself from doing no, the question but... was favorite brewery yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> favorite brewery i like i have a lot of respect for breweries that um, clearly have a lot of respect for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's a way to put it. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a good thing. They do things not because it's trendy or or because it will attract uh, a consumer base. Um, they do it because, and I think a lot of those breweries are like the traditional mom and pop places that have been making 
beer for or like a Kolsch house or something like that. Yeah, like, exactly. Like okay. places like that. Like, I, like, I haven't. <laughs> I can't say that like Brewery Pafkin in Cologne is my favorite brewery. Although I, yeah. it would be up there for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, no, I agreed with you a hundred percent. And my first sip of the Pafkin was like, Frank was right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Frank I, was right. I think that's that's the best best Kolsch I've had. But I haven't been to every. Uh, house yeah i haven't been to every brewery in in, in the world so yeah yeah it's i will say you know you were talking just talking about how there are some breweries that you don't like it's amazing in this day and age how much mediocre to bad beer there still is out there like yeah patrick mcavoy from uh elizabeth station was over just the other day and we were talking about that and I'm sorry, but you know, 20 years ago, my answer would have been different. But at this point in time, there isn't really any excuse for an established brewery to make bad beer. Yeah, I would totally agree. You know? And I think sometimes breweries lose their way with what and why they're doing what they're doing, you know? Um, right. It's, you know, beer in itself is like losing a lot of uh, traction. Um, you can see that because the multinational companies are scrambling to find new products, whether that's hard kombucha or seltzer mm. or like uh, alcoholized alcohol. Al- Alcoholized. It's <laughs> a hard word to say, actually. Alcoholized. Up. Let's um, just say liquored up. Yeah. yeah, liquored up coffee in a can. Yeah, you know, that's like weird. Stuff like th- like they're that's constantly. Weird. I mean, even cider searching. to a certain degree. And cider. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, anything. cider is its own thing, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, for me, like seltzer is one of those things where it's like, you're just drinking alcohol to get drunk and. In certain scenarios, I'm right there with you. Sure. But as I'm getting older, more often than not, it's like I don't want to just drink some, you know, the the least offensive product. It used to be like Bud Light, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not putting so alcohol into my body just just so that I can to get, get there. Yeah. Like if I want to get there, I will put good quality products. Right. In my, right. <laughs> you know. So I think. At that point, it's like there. I have a, a phenomenal amount of respect for a, a brewery that sticks to that like passionate side of what they do and why they do it a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Anchor Brewing in, in oh. San Francisco is largely passed over these days in the craft community, but it's a it, you know anyway. all their beer is open all fermented. Yeah, yeah. So you know those are buzzwords that like get certain people kind of fired up, but. Well, open, they, they ferme- still- open fermentation is a disaster if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You can't just like put wort in- <laughs> yeah, into a box and yeah. just hope it turns out great yeah. when you're cooking steaks right next door to it. <laughs> or even just in a brewery. It's like you, yeah. you can't fully ferment something. It's like you ferment in open aseptic conditions for a few days. Yeah. And then it gets transferred into a closed vessel. But like, I think that's another topic that sure. Oh yeah, be, that's a whole other. But, 
whole yeah. other thing. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a question that I asked before, but given all the uncertainty, it's a totally different question now than it was then. Where do you see the brewing industry, not only nationally, but even globally in the next five years? And I mean, nobody has the answer. But, yeah, yeah, man. But I wish... what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think um, this winter will be really rough for a lot of businesses, you know? The thing with brewing is that, like, a lot of companies are, like, heavily capitalized with debt. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not, like, bringing in enough revenue, then those things will cause, like, forced shutdowns, which is sad to see, you know? Um, it's the nature of business, though. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah it I mean, is it, the nature it, it of business. It is sad, but... If you're leveraged too heavily in any industry, you're, you know, prone, mm -hmm. so to say. Um, but, yeah, I think, unfortunately, we'll see a lot of places, you know, I would, I'm guessing uh, not be able to survive being totally shut down. Yeah. There's only so many um, mobile canning operations that can go around. And, and honestly, you really don't make that much beer on or money on right. canning your beer. Yeah, yeah. The so, volume game is, it's like owning a Hallmark store. You know, you make 10 cents for every card you sell. Yeah. You, know, you got you to make it in lot. volume. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. And then you, you face the prospect of, like, hard seltzer is, like, becoming this thing where people are, like, flocking to that. Is that going to be, like, wine coolers in the 80s? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you um, for your support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... I don't think beer is in jeopardy of being becoming obsolete. No, the homebrewing uh, community is stronger than it's ever been. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you like so uh, in during in a way, this is kind of like a forced V two prohibition. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, not to the same <laughs> extent, clearly, but. Uh, yeah, well, it's weird. It's like a, you know, we always, or I've always talked about how, you know, there's been a couple shakedowns already in the, in the, uh, in the brewing industry over the last like, thirty years, and there was, I think there was one coming already, mm -hmm. but now this is a completely unforeseen and totally different shakedown, yeah. and it's a matter of how well capitalized are you, right? Yeah, it, it's. It, exactly what you're saying the prohibition like who's got the money and who can be creative enough to get through this yeah if this goes on for years yeah and um so right now i'm reading this book about uh anheuser-busch um the history of the bush family mm -hmm. they spent 37 million dollars between 1920 and 1933 to keep that company from going under, which mm -hmm. shows you how much money that they had mm -hmm. coming into that. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. And it, you know, like it wasn't just like they spent thirty-seven and got nothing back, but they, they might have got. got the, they like, got their future back. They, they bought their future. Yeah. But a lot of breweries in that time were not didn't have the money to be able to accomplish that task. Right. Yeah. So that's why, like, when prohibition ended the companies that had been able to to survive that 13 year period were able to like slingshot into you know 
national yeah they were ready distribution to go. And, yeah yeah they 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 entered a market that was uh, scarce and had very minimal competition so yeah so I think that will in a way happen it it's so hard to know how long uh, we'll feel the results yeah of who COVID, so. who knows yeah. it's it's yeah it's crazy but I will say I don't think that beer is gonna go anywhere you know I don't either I think I, I've read some doom and gloom things but I don't believe that that's true I you know it, yeah with right. the homebrewing with the homebrewing community being as strong as ra and rabid as it is that ensures that beer is not going to go anywhere yeah. you know even if it possibly disappears for a blip on the big picture radar it's not really going anywhere yeah it's a uh, time-honored tradition you yeah. know to brew beer is um you know i get, think get uh, any brewer would, would tell you yeah. that really appreciates being a brewer would tell you that like there's a certain amount of pride you take yeah. in being a brewer yeah it's like being yeah. a good chef or being anything it's the process you know while food makes you feel good <laughs> beer makes you feel funny and uh <laughs> People, this has been happening for eons, yeah. you know, and uh, slowly but surely it has been perfected to its current state. And um, while a lot of people are flocking to seltzer, there's still, you know, beer is probably the widest, the most widely consumed alcoholic beverage in the world. Mm -hmm. And in the big and, picture right now, people are drinking more than they have in yeah, a long time. Yeah, like we're for in sure. Mad Men days of drinking. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, yeah, we really are. When there's terms like quarantini, like I made myself a quarantini yeah, today. It uh, is noon. You know, soccer moms are drinking. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we're gonna be all right. Yeah. I, I I just think that, you know, this this happens. This is the natural cycle of, of life in every industry and in, in just in everything in general, where mm -hmm. it's the constant pendulum where things are really good and then they get really bad and then they become good again. And, and you know, everything. Breathes. I mean, yeah. think about your mood on a daily basis or even a weekly basis. Oh, you know? I, I mean, do. <laughs> Why do you bring that up? Uh, Why? Oh, because I do. Why? Too, you know, like what's your problem? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Why like are you? That? Why are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah no so it, it, it's gonna be fine it like it's gonna be tough but it'll be fine yeah well frank thanks for taking the time to hang out and and chat with us yeah. um with us i always say with us thanks for taking the time with, to sit down and chat with me yeah it's like the royal the benefit we, of us yeah, yeah yeah is there anything that uh that i didn't touch on that that you want to add no i think we covered it. Um, we were thorough. That was thorough, yeah. <laughs> He's a it's, good man and thorough. It's an hour 36. Yeah. Uh, of course, that includes potty breaks and beer breaks. Yeah. Um, no, uh, it's always fun uh, catching up with you, and I'm super honored to yeah. Yeah. Uh, have done well enough with you the first time to, to make it to yeah. the next level, boss. So here I am. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and Ooh, doubled it, up. Yeah. It's always enjoyable, and... Um, it was good to be able to uh, express why I'm leaving. Yeah. 
Yeah, Aslan, and, and why uh, we will hang out like. in Bomberg and uh, Cologne. We're, we're gonna go. We, I mean, we will be there. It will be a factor. I think the only question will be whether you and I will both be traveling from the states to there, <laughs> or whether you will be traveling from somewhere in Europe in Europe yeah. to meet me there. Uh, hopefully next well, year. Well, I but yeah. Who knows, I know, man? I know. Who knows? Hey, the glass is half full. We're gonna. It'll happen. The glass is half full, which means we're winning. I know. We. It literally is half full. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, cheers, Frank. Yeah. Thanks. Dude, it was good to see you. And uh, yeah, to catch up. Cheers. Um, Good luck on your future endeavors. I'm sure all of Bellingham wishes you well. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Frank Trussett, ladies and gentlemen, give him a hand, would you? All right. Well, that was super fun. Man, I just love sitting down and talking beer. I think that that uh, is probably apparent. We were also drinking a fair amount of beer. We were definitely running through uh, all of the home brews that, uh, that I had going on. So it was super fun. Thanks to Frank again for coming over. And best of luck on future endeavors. Man, it's a tough time to be doing that, but I know that he will land on his feet. And uh, maybe the next time we talk to Frank together, I'll be doing it from Bomberg or something crazy like that, or Cologne or someplace cool, assuming we can all hang out. Ugh. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, I really appreciate you listening. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through all the, the normal stuff. I'm just going to be straight up and say, I'll, I'll do these as I can. Um, I don't have anything lined up. I've got a couple of ideas, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it can be kind of challenging to get people to do these. I've got some ideas on people that I want to invite, uh, but these are just going to kind of be coming out as they come out. And I'll try and keep up with the mini episodes as well. But, you know, it's, uh, it's challenging right now. I'm sure you understand. But uh, you can always get in touch with me, davidtaptrail.com. Give us all the ratings. Do all the things that you do for podcasts. And that's pretty much all I've got. <laughs> all right. Well, I will try and be back sooner than later. And until then, you folks, 